This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. So once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. Who is my guest of this Friday? Well, what I can tell you is that Gordon Montgomery was born in the Revolutionary War-torn year of 1968. Proud of his native Northern Irish home, Gordon had already emigrated and returned from Australia in the 1970s. He completed his early schooling at Portora Royal School in Enniskillen. As a young man, he traveled first to Southampton University, England to attain his BA in linguistics, became fluent in French and modern languages before deepening his love affair with the enabling power of digital technology in people's lives. He consulted in London, starting at Arthur Anderson. His work took him to enterprises in continental Europe before completing his master's in software engineering at Napier University, Scotland, finishing top in human-computer interaction. His relocation in the late 1990s to the USA enabled him to continue to catch the business and technology management consulting wave, where he served and built businesses for 20 years, designing optimal experiences with the world's top corporate and academic institutions. Following a definitive life wake-up call in 2008, catalyzed by the birth of his son, Ronan, and subsequent divorce, Gordon transitioned to becoming a futurist evolutionary executive coach in 2010, an ordained minister, and received an honorary doctorate of divinity. He now serves as a holistic well-being coach, currently based in Austin, Texas. Key organizational clients have included Arthur Anderson, AT&T, Dell, Harvard, Home Shopping Network, Lehman Brothers, Microsoft, Mobile Oil, Procter Gamble, the State of Florida, University of Texas, Whole Foods, and a whole plethora of others. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, this is amazing. I really thoroughly enjoy you, Gordon. And anybody who follows me on social media would know that you and I have pretty good banter. Uh, And I really appreciate your down-to-earth but very intelligent, brilliant mind. I mean, you're a spitfire. You're the whole package deal, my friend. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, um, you know, it takes one to know one, as we would say back in Northern Ireland. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm always on the outlook for uh, Celtic soul family around the world and many places that I've been. So uh, it's great to meet a fellow uh, like-minded person and uh, you know, to be able to have this conversation. Well, me too. Thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate that. So let's dive right in. Everybody who follows me, uh, which I'm very extremely grateful for, knows that this is organic. It's unscripted. I think it makes for a much more authentic conversation. And certainly that's been the feedback of my guests and the listeners and the podcast subscribers. So let's talk about the inception of your journey. I know your bio somewhat covered a little bit of that, but in terms of really tapping into the nuts and bolts of who you are honoring your soul and getting very clear about your life path. And yes, we go through reinvention processes and you know different things emerge as a result of exceptional clarity. But when did you know who you were and what you were truly meant to be doing in this world? 
Great question. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, the uh, the easy answer to that is always. <laughs> like, I love that. Uh, right. Like, you know, I think there's a lot of us, you know, who are like, I'm a bit different than those other folks. <laughs> and you're like, well, you know, it's just, you know, something. And as you go on through life, and if you're lucky enough to travel as I was around the world and, you know, work and live all over the world, bit by bit, you're like, still different, still, <laughs> you know, like, oh, uh, right, something's going on here. And so, you know, I think, um, I mean, one of the very earliest memories uh, I have is uh, on our farm in Ireland. And, you know, I was the firstborn, of course, with all those trappings psychologically. And yes, uh, so there we are. Right. Exactly. Well, of course. Right. And, um, you know, so there we are, in a, you know, our farm, you know, being in the family for like 400 years and, you know, nothing super fancy, but just, you know, that's kind of the way things went from generation to generation. Anyway, um, so it was basically me and my dog. Like, that's who I had to hang out with. So I was outdoors all the time. And so <laughs> one of my earliest memories would be like kind of rolling around with a dog and like the dog would kind of bite me playfully on the arm and I would like bite the dog back. Like, and so <laughs> like, I was like, okay. And then, you know, I mean, you don't think about it till a lot later. You're like, that's odd behavior. Like, you know, isn't it? Like, and so <clears throat> I think that's my life has been, you know, a continuity of that. And I mean, they, I went off to school at like, you know, about three years old and, you know, we had a big long laneway, but I walked that by myself and my parents would see me coming home at like three uh, years old, you know, coming and I would leave the path, uh, you know, <laughs> interesting concept. I would leave the path, the laneway and walk across the fields. Uh, so again, nature, but then also doing something a bit different. So like, that's just a couple of anecdotes, but like, you know, as time would go by, you know, I got into, you know, we were in the Methodist church. My mother ended up being a lay preacher in the church. My, she was a nurse and then, you know, got married and, um, you know, was a, a wife and mother and then became a lay preacher. And my father had always been a farmer, really has an engineering kind of mindset and was really top in his county, you know, great brain. And, um, you know, um, one of the things that, uh, you know, my father was always, you know, kind of focused on was like kind of the structure and like how things work and building things. I mean, he drove a car himself when he was three or four years old. And so I think there's a little bit of, you know, you know, kind of genetics in there too. But anyway, I mentioned the lay preacher uh, uh, situation with my mother in that um, when I was 15, I ended up being in the pulpit, like up in the front of the church you know, leading the service. I didn't actually do the actual sermon part. I guess I allowed the minister to do that. Uh, <laughs> how, so there, how nice of you, Gordon, to I'm, exercise some self-restraint like that. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, you know, um, so this is, you know, on and on, right? And I just, um, I guess I became sort of an external experience junkie. You know, I just like mm -hmm. in my life, you know, and even when I went to university in England for the first time, all my friends left Northern Ireland or left our home in sort of Enniskillen, which is kind of in the kind of, it actually got a little bit of infamy in the world. It got kind of blown up by the, the IRA um, in 1987 and led to the Good Friday Agreement and then peace in Northern Ireland ultimately. But anyway, uh, a lot of my friends uh, went into the army or like surrounded by, you know, army and uh, police force. Everyone was doing those type of jobs uh, or else a doctor, nurse, lawyer type of thing. Anyway, uh, a lot of them went to Belfast, which is the capital of Northern Ireland. Or they went to Scotland. So I instead went to the south coast of England, which is probably the furthest you can get and still be in the United Kingdom, of which Northern Ireland, you know, is a part. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even there, I was like, you know, let's have a different experience. And even in my studies at that point, I was studying French and German and mathematics and even English, uh, what we call in the UK A level, so advanced levels at 17, 18 so we had four subjects at that point. And so that was a weird combination. There were four of us in the class and only two of us doing French, German and mathematics. It's like, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, so like, it's just like looking back, it's like odd. But at the time, it's like, I guess I was following. And this is kind of my core feel now at 51 is following consciousness. Like, what is it to be aware of your life? And so initially my, you know, the first, I guess, 40 years until my son was born, that I mentioned in my bio, uh, were really about like, okay, is it this? Is it that? You know, and just kind of experiencing the world and using that as kind of an echo chamber for myself and learning everything and going into all these different areas and becoming a, a black belt in judo and traveling, you know, to help after the tsunami in Thailand and all these different things that, you know, I'd done over the years. These, you know, very disparate pieces, all of which was tied back to 
um, you know, who am I, you know, and kind of this mm-hmm. kind of, which I think, you know, it's very common for a lot of people. I think how I went about it, though, was maybe at a higher, higher density level, maybe than some folks. So um, that's actually helped me quite a lot with my different clients now, because I can actually say, well, uh, actually, I lived in Italy for a while, or, you know, I, you know, yeah, I was in mm-hmm. Australia as a kid for a couple of years, or, you know, so I can kind of relate to um, some version of people's, you know, life experience. Beautiful. Well, what I love and really appreciate and respect about you uh, specifically, Gordon, is that you're very multifaceted and you're very multidimensional because oftentimes people, they cling to not just the identity of who they have convinced themselves that they are, but the persona of how people at the consensus level would be inclined to interpret them. And so when you proudly declare or, you know, uh, claim yourself to be an indigo, but you've also got this brilliant mind and where some people would go, well, that's kind of woo woo. How could somebody who be so successful in the business market, in the business industry, why would they even want to attach those other so-called labels or disclaimers or or insights into the window of their soul for who they know they truly are and people get really concerned with okay well that's going to disrupt the apple cart for the image that i want to present because i still want to harness business i still want to get clients and i want clients who are going to take me seriously so i love the fact that you're just as comfortable declaring yourself to be an indigo as much as you are somebody who obviously is very uh, technologically savvy, has a great business mind, has worked with people at Harvard, has been hired by people all over in the corporate world. You know, so let's talk a little bit about that because when people talk about surrendering ego, I mean, this, these buzzwords and these cliches, but very few people I find, no matter how successful they are perceived to be or genuinely are, they talk about relinquishing ego, but they're still very much entrapped within ego. So much so that they don't want to deviate from the mainstream of how they want to be perceived or the persona they wish to give out and emanate to the rest of the world. So let's talk about the integration of who you are in all facets of your personality being other than one dimensional, which unfortunately a lot of the world still is. Let's talk about the 5D reality of who Gordon is. Wow, love it! Lots of pieces there. So let me take it this way. Um, so one, the way I would I think about indigo is really being an empath. That might be a term mm-hmm. that people have heard. It's just like connecting, you know, to kind of heart, soul, spirit. And you even think about a big corporation. And I have been lucky enough to sit at board tables in boardrooms, you know, and, and you know the Fortune five hundreds all around the world, and even conducted business in foreign languages, and you know, been in all of those. So at the end of the day, though, those businesses do have a heart and soul. Like we mm-hmm. may say they're soulless, but you know, they really are, you know, soulful businesses. I mean, the the one person on the planet Earth who really shifted my world in twenty twelve. Uh, early 2012 was uh, my coach Carolina Aramburo, and she has her own business called SoulfulRadicalResultsCoaching.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, she, uh, you know, d- has d- developed a style that you know came from a guy called Jim Rohn, uh, who some folks may know also trained. Love a guy him. Called- yes, yeah, me too. Phenomenal. Um, probably him and uh, Eckhart Tolle yeah. uh, are probably the two big uh, kind of pillars of kind of. Um, how I kind of see the world. So anyway, long story short, in that empathic kind of indigo, higher uh, energetic sense, you'll see that everywhere. It's just not expressed, you know, overtly, right? You'll see it in the company mission or, you know, it's like, I mean, even, you know, Americans talk about team spirit, right? You know, and it's sort of the spirit and, you know, um, so that is kind of there. It's just kind of, you know, I guess I'll say it this way. I got to the top and I had to stop and that's what was bothering me, right? (laughs) So... Love to quote the, the jungle book right so yep. um and, you know and it, so yeah i mean uh, to your point yes the ego um which eckhart tolle in particular i think is a really good handle on uh especially in the power of now his, his really first breakout book um really is one of the two voices uh, you know in our heads i think it's you know an ancient lakota indian um you know a little story about you know you have two wolves which one survives the yes. one that you, the you one feed. that you feed right and people have heard these too right and see a lot of this you know ancient spiritual information even going back to the ancient shamanic traditions um you know and tying back to mother earth and so forth they all have the same underlying message that we've been in a duality for a very mm-hmm. very long time and 
we've developed a system from Manchester in England in the late 1700s called the industrial system, and it's kept evolving and it's kept going and it's keeping going and it's not stopped. And it's probably, you know, exponential, really, double, 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 and it's going to keep going. And so, you know, uh, this duality gets formed. You're either inside of that system and going with it, which I happily did for quite a long time, 40 years, in fact, uh, you know, full out, just went after it. And, um, you know, then there's this other side that you start to realize, like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, what, wh- what's there? And, you know, uh, one of the, you know, kind of little trite sayings I have, a couple of, quite a few of them, Gordonisms, uh, with my clients <laughs> is, uh, is uh, die early and often. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, I may have borrowed that from somewhere. So if 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 someone Google's it and finds it elsewhere, then let me know. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm claiming it as this this moment. So die early enough. What's that mean? So like, let your ego die. You know, and the yeah. egoic part of your brain is the fight or flight. You know, the fear, right? Living fearlessly mm-hmm. uh, is that fear part of your brain. Now, I'm not an advocate of getting rid of fear. I think it's phenomenal. When I jumped out of an airplane, like I definitely felt scared, but then I was like, oh, I've also run in mountains higher than this. You know, I was at 13,000 feet and I'd run in Colorado at 14.2 or something. I'm like, okay. So it's just in that moment, like, you know, seeing the fear and doing it anyway. And I think that dying is like just letting go of, even though Mm -hmm. the fear is kind of still letting go of the fear and um, saying, look, I mean, that's real. Like in your 3D reality, which is like, you know, supposedly solid reality but our actual scientific physicists will tell us you know max planck will be one of the best ones to go reference is um all reality is just energy Uh, i mean einstein had it it right there right (laughs) e equals mc squared energy equals mass like stuff times a constant speed like you know energy equals stuff like material world is energy and like and no one's Mm -hmm. debating that but then we don't operate like that so 3d right how you know so it's like well, my other little Gordonisms is, um, you know, there's there's an you know there's an F and lie, uh, so L L I F E, yeah. Uh, so an L I E. Uh, hopefully that uh, that will pass muster with your uh, your censorship there. But um, oh, I so drop F bombs all the time. Don't worry about that. Awesome. Okay. So um, yeah. So. You know, basically, this is sort of a lie. We tell ourselves that things are real, that the physical world is real. And it's a good lie, right? Because, uh, you know, you, you know, if you're constantly reassessing, you know, um, how the world is operating and like, is this floor really here? You know, can I really go on the Internet? Is is my coffee a real thing? Um, you know, you would go crazy. And that's, you know, how our eyes work. It's how all our perception tools, all our senses work. I mean, they filter the world from you know, millions and millions of bits per second coming in to all of our senses and filter it down through the brain, as many people I'm sure are aware. And then, you know, there's internal filtering mechanisms that basically say this is how the world is. The problem is we've continued to operate from that egoic fear-based fight or flight structure for a very long period of time, which was great initially, like, am I with the right tribe? You know, is there a dangerous animal? Is that grass or is it moving and it's going to kill me? Like, you know, all these, you know, am I good Mm -hmm. enough? Uh, You know, what's my value to the group? You know, if I'm by myself, I'll die. That that was great for a while. Or is my toilet paper really three ply? Come on. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, is this, is this cloth mask really saving the world? You know, uh, is Bill Gates the devil? Uh, Right. I mean, and, you know, yes. yes, I mean, all possible universes are available, all timelines, you know, and so a lot of, you know, when you become consciously aware, you can raise one dimensional level above that. And people mm-hmm. do it, right? You'll see it. Um, people, you know, I've worked from home for over a decade. Even when I was in the corporate world, I was working mainly from a, a home office here in Austin, Texas, mainly. And, uh, you know, so this whole Corona virus that's kind of going on in the world uh, in 2020, um, hasn't really impacted my, my kind of way of being. And I don't necessarily attach fear to it. The shift mm-hmm. that I was able to make quite a while ago. And of course my coach, Carolina helping me, you know, structure all that and deal with a lot of the fears that I had at the time really shifted from the three dimensional view of the world. Like this is real. It's really real. I was like, okay, that's fine. Be grounded. And there's a fourth dimension where you shift space and time and people working from home is a shift of space and time. Like if you're on the computer, you're at work, right? You can see how that's a shift. And then with time, a lot of my work was, 
as long as I got the work done, it didn't have to, it didn't have to be logged in at nine o'clock or things didn't have you know there wasn't like some sort of you know fab, uh, factory style step by step you know kind of time connection like as long as things were done in a certain mm -hmm. period of time so if i suddenly got an idea and like a whole concept or a business pitch or some strategy or whatever i could knock that out at 3 a.m and then of course time zones and so, so you really start looking at space and time which is the fourth dimensional or sometimes people call it the astral level yes and move, right so so you start, okay, you can sort of almost already see how people sort of are getting into that. So there's a way to actually operate from there. And then the fifth dimension being what I call heaven on earth. And to the point about death is that, um, you know, we say we have to kind of physically die out of this structure and, you know, in order to access heaven on earth. And my kind of bold statement to the world is no, you do not mm -hmm. have to actually die physically in 3d to access heaven on earth here mm -hmm. right now like it's actually like because you can think about it your best birthday party ever it's heaven on earth for like you know an hour and a half right or whatever right uh so you yeah. know uh, so and then the question is how do you how, how do you operate from that energetic way of being more and more and more and the answer is raising your level of consciousness. at least that's what i found over the last you know five decades yeah, no, wholeheartedly agree to that. And when people are partying, I'm busy astral traveling. That's the difference. <laughs> you know, that's the difference between mindset, mentality, and how people maneuver. And, you know, you and I have had uh, conversations on the phone, and we're very synergistically aligned, ideology, philosophy, all of that, in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, it's unfortunate that it takes things like a pandemic for people to wake up. And even in the realm of this having taken place, a lot of people have not woken up, right? They still don't get, you know, where people would complain about I'm bored or I want to go back to normal or, you know, people are just so scared to be by themselves and maximize that as a golden opportunity that, that they likely will never receive in their lifetime on this planet to take full advantage of all the things they previously said they were too busy to do or to listen to good music or to, you know, refine their business model or to figure out what kinds of books they should be listening to, reading, downloading, all of that kind of stuff. You know, people are sometimes still addicted to pain, right? Some people are still addicted to the whole script of uh, Debbie Downer, you know, looking at the downside rather than looking at the blessing, the nugget, the gem, the lesson uh, to transform, right? Because that means you've got to be still with yourself and you've got to own your own bullshit and you've got to challenge your own beliefs and you've got to challenge what's going on around you in the external reality and find out what's congruent, what's, you know, what's disingenuous, what no longer makes sense. Uh, and sometimes that, that sparks a reinvention process or it's transformation or it's evolution or it's revolution or it's innovation. And some people, they still go like, wow, that's just too overwhelming. Well, you can't escape society, people. You're a part of it. So how are you going to make it work for you? And by choosing to make it work for you, how then can you catapult yourself in the, in the trajectory of making it work for others, Right. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, I'm, uh, let's just start the friends of COVID organization right at this moment in time. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, thank you, you know, and I get it, right. I'm not discounting, you know, uh, deaths and, um, uh, what I would say I is right. Uh, yes. And, um, here's the value, you know, um, we say we're just a drop in the ocean, and there's no ocean without the drops, right? That's definitely somebody else's, you know, little pithy statement. And, oh, yeah, there you go. He, great source also. Um, yeah. Thank you for, yes, presencing Rumi. Um, so, and that's all tied back to love. So, you know, the opposite of fear is not anything else but love. Exactly. And, and so I think that's a, a, a shift. And, you know, uh, you know, here's another piece. It's an inside job. Like yes. everything that's out there, everything is not relevant to your life. I'll, I'll just like anyone listening to this, you know, I'll bet you a thousand US dollars that the path you're on is not going to work out. And you're not going to get everything you think you're going to get inside of the system that you think you're in. I, I was lucky to you know, burn through life in 40 years and get to, I mean, I, you know, I had the money and the, you know, the four bedroom house and the cars and wife and kid and, you know, all the stuff and more being offered more. And I can just kind of turning it down and not doing it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. And, um, 
and not like a not like refusing it. That was nothing wrong. I mean, the organization I worked for was phenomenal. I was, you know, friends with the CEO and you know the C-suite guys. We meet with them once a month, and I wasn't really at their level officially, but like I was, you know, brought into that center of excellence group and. You know, I mean, I was the guy that was flown in and dropped in like special forces behind enemy lines at, at, you know, many, many times, you know, like, like we know, we understand technology, we understand humans, Gordon. So I was like the human representative, you know, <laughs> among right. all the tech and, right. And so, you know, you know, it's just, it's just not out there, folks. It, what out there is not where your life is. It's inside. So yes. my, you know, and it's inside Like we've never done the inner work and we've let go and let go and let go. And now we're here, mm-hmm. you know, and this is a moment in time. And, you know, I'm going to be a little lower energy for a quick millisecond. It's like, go right not, ahead. E- not everyone's going to make it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone. There's people going to look at the waves that's coming and there's various names for it. And I'm just going to drop, you know, one term, which is agenda 21. We'll maybe come back to that, put a pin in that, but there's, there's a wave coming through society. Some of it's actually really real. You can look up documents about it. Others, other aspects are just waves of consciousness and energy and evolution, everything that's just been going on for a very, very long time. People will look at a wave and they'll be like, you know, hey, there's waves. I should learn to surf. Like, that'd be cool. I just get up on top of it. And I, I recently was um, living in Costa Rica a couple of years ago for, for six months and went down there to, you know, sort out some uh, kind of retreat to venues and just kind of check that out as a country. I'd heard a lot about it. And I learned to surf. I learned to surf actually, you know, accidentally, as is my life, from this guy who was like a gold medalist, <laughs> world champion, who just retired. And he's like, yeah, hey, I'll take you out. And he's like, train me how to surf uh which is incredible so i'm not great but i was able to get up on the board and the point is when you get up on that surfboard like it doesn't matter you just you know you spot the wave and you you pick your wave and you ride it like it doesn't matter what's coming wave wise when you're up on top of it no big deal but like as the waves got bigger and like we had another day down there with some friends where the waves got so big uh that you know the um they were actually just kind of hurting people. Like the waves would crash on the people, you know, uh, families or whatever on the shore. And they had to kind of pull all the way back. The waves were so big, but the surfers, that was great. Like you're able to, so my point being that little analogy is um, people will look at the wave. And even if you tell them about the wave and they understand what the wave is, uh, they will just watch it. Right. So I, I honestly <laughs> believe, right. They're like, Oh, look at the waves. Right. And, <laughs> And they're like, well, we'll just move out of the way, right? Well, you know, we're on a finite planet, folks. There's no out of the way. And we're right. global now, right? So, so long story short, um, you know, learn to surf the wave. And then it doesn't matter what waves are coming or how big they are. And then just get better at your craft. Master your yes. craft and get better and better. That's why I'm not a consultant or an advisor or a teacher or, I mean, I'm kind of sort of those things. I'm a coach. I'm, I'm with somebody side by side, looking in their blind spots, seeing what the fearful kind of story and system and filter that they've developed internally that's blocking you know uh their path forward and it's mm-hmm. like you know pulling that from the blind spot round to the front and saying can you see this like this is a safe space let's have a talk about you know this is how you keep reacting over and over, especially with ptsd but just normal stress not even traumatic stress or the whole disorder and i i did ptsd work with about four thousand coaches worldwide um on ptsd for a year and you know you really got down to like suicide level and really scary stuff and it's, but it's all the same basic patterns that people are running over and over. And it's a lot of what I think society is in, has been in the middle of this technological wave. And, you know, they've just gotten so used to it, um, you know, and it's kind of no big deal. They get hit, knocked around and, OK, I guess I have to work into the weekend and get the PowerPoint presentation for the boss on Monday or, you know, fly out on Sunday night because I'm a consultant and, you know, miss half my weekend or you know, uh, working late into the night because you've had meetings back to back all day. Like none of that is is what a human being is about. Zero of it. Yeah. And so, um, again, I don't want to you know kind of go too off off topic, but the, this is some examples of the pattern that we've been living in. And you know, it's one of the reasons I'm kind of pro COVID because um, mm-hmm. it's it's actually having people go, what actually is important in my life? I mean, around where I live, uh, we're we're seeing raccoons and. 
squirrel bands of squirrels. We're seeing all sorts of birds tweeting that we never used to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, grasses. I have trails right. You know, I can right beside by my door here. Just can run out the door and go off on the, on the trails, fifty miles of trail, and around the downtown Austin area. Uh, although I don't want to promote Austin too much more because everybody keeps moving here. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> we're full people. Uh, but you know. Um, so we are seeing like a sort of a gradual, if I can use the kind of you know term, you know, green shoots of recovery um, already in terms of you know nature and humanity, compassion, kindness. We're going to see a lot of the other stuff. There will be mm. some brutal crashing of the wave, and it's time. You know, this is this is what happens all the time. If you go back thousands and thousands of years, millions of years, we do have these major cycles uh, that are real that we have been able to track now scientifically we, we do even with climate change all these um you know waves and cycles are um are continuing on and on and so that's that's why i always encourage people to, like, to pick an area of life be it healthcare, or education or nutrition or you know just you know guiding or supporting people in some way pick one area and go after it like what mm-hmm. is it you could do that you feel really passionate about because now is the golden window of opportunity that is opening up it's the perfect wave that's Bingo. coming in yeah. Well, yeah. you said a few, you said a few things. I'm going to try and hold these simultaneous thoughts because they're all equally important. One, I want to correct you. Nothing that you're saying is going off tangent here. It's all interconnected. It's all equally yummy, uh, and and it all bears relevance to the whole context of what we're talking about here. There's nothing off topic, especially coming from you. Uh, you're capturing it all beautifully, actually. Um, yeah. Second, what I'll say is when you talk about the blind spots in regards to your clients. And, and using coach versus consultant, that made me think uh, one of my favorite adages, which I often make reference to on social media when it comes to uploading stuff, is there's a reason why your uh, why your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. Yes. Right? Stop oh, I love looking that one. Bo- yes. Stop <laughs> looking over your shoulder. You don't live there anymore, or so you shouldn't, right? I like bet we do. All- <laughs> And, and yeah, and yet we do. And then the other thing that I wanted to say as a result of something you said that tweaked for me um, was when we talk about the ocean and the wave and, and you know, and, and all the parallels, the yummy parallels that uh, go hand in hand with what we're seeing right now. It's, you know, there's a reason when we talk about it being an internal job, right? This being an internal process. Um, When you were talking about deconstructing, when we're talking about questioning the beliefs, the false beliefs, the false concepts with perhaps indoctrinated um, messaging that people aren't even aware that they're still subscribing to wholeheartedly, even to the detriment of their own joy, their own purpose, their own passion, their own, you know, inner congruency, etc., Uh, and being in alignment with themselves or being out of alignment, being, you know, the discord that people are struggling with. You know, when we talk about, and it doesn't have to be like people who are in our realm of personal growth, personal development to understand the relevancy of, of, you know, when we talk about concepts like self-worth, self-esteem, self-love, uh, self-awareness. There's a reason why the word self precedes all of this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's an inside job. So if you're not looking to take stock or inventory or question your own biases or uh, your own programming or anything of that sort, you know, who then, like, how, how can you assess the world that you live in? If you don't even know who you are as part of the environment, part of humanity, part of society, how then can you even make heads or tails of the world you even live in? 100%. 100%. And this is, you know, the question in front of humanity right now. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, what, what are you, and, you know, an even better question, you know, um, who are you that's going to yeah. do those things, right? Um, you know, the type of, the type of work that I do, uh, is really quite spiritual. You know, I, I hesitate with the word spiritual. I, I work with people who are Christians or Buddhist or you know, atheists, whatever. Uh, but, you know, it's spiritual, like the energy, like there's an energy in the core of people, the things you get drawn to, things that show up in your life. And so one of the things I always say to people is, you know, so how, do, how do you access this inside job? How do you access what's inside of you? Mm-hmm. like, well, kind of the, the, the kind of pithy answer is you don't, right? Meditation 
is really this way to kind of, you know, just kind of close your eyes and uh, you and I are high energy and, and, and that's fantastic. But, you know, uh, there's moments I'm sure, you know, we both have right, where we are doing that inner work, which looks much more like eyes closed, some deep breaths, whether using, I like transcendental meditation, but there's many, many mindfulness and other techniques. But fundamentally, you know, it's allowing all this noise of the world to be there and just not interacting with it. Uh, there's different, obviously, modalities. What I like with transcendental meditation is there's just a mantra that you're given uh, from the meditation teacher and you just keep tuning into that. And a lot of people, uh, when you get into some more ancient traditions, they talk about sound. There's a sound vibration, a, harm, a harmonious sound of the universe. And there are many different sounds. And mantra is really kind of a, a mind tool to kind of help, you know, guide the mind and guide those thoughts. And Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about this. But really the meditation is the calming and the quietness. And then the power of a coach or a meditation teacher is um, not so much teaching to meditate. It's just like, close your eyes, be quiet, take lots of deep breaths, and just mm -hmm. kind of chill out for like 5, 10, 15 minutes and just keep doing it, right? <laughs> like that's, uh, there you right. go, you've been taught meditation. Okay, I don't know how to meditate. Okay, can you take a deep breath and then let it go? Okay, you're now meditating, like you've done it, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's like, no, and of course there's other, you know, more doubt, but that's fun. So, and from there, the coach or uh, the um teacher is really dealing with you know hard conversations resistance limitations stress looking good being enough having any sort of value trauma stress um in all areas of life and that's really the you know from that core of doing that inner work then the you know the the real skill i believe the spiritual skill is working with and, and dealing with uh everything that comes up right because it's you know i mean I, i've you know, worked with and spoken with monks even, right? And you know, <laughs> monks need coaches, right? It's like they're really good at like sitting really still, but like life, not so good, right? You know, <laughs> getting a car, like how do I get the right car, right? You know, like, oh, he's just, you know. And so uh, people don't often think that, just think, oh, well, just, I'll just totally, you know, woo way, like do nothing. Like, you know, that whole Taoist thing, you know, doing nothing, like it's like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't, you know, the whole idea is like not just like doing anything that the world prompts you to do, but it's not like do nothing, right? It's not like, ha you know, take zero actions. In fact, mm -hmm. I would, I would attest that, you know, the whole thing is a lot more about taking the right actions repeatedly over time. Mm -hmm. Like we're at, you know, some people say God is consciousness and, and that really what, what humans are about is so that God can experience you know, conscious existence. And it's actually, our, if you're in that kind of realm or use God, spirit, soul, um, mm -hmm. that, that what's really going on as we access through meditation, we have these things come up, we let them go and we access a deeper, 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 um, you know, more subtle energy, more empathic, more indigo energy of ourselves, higher in the chakra, however you want to say it, that as we access that deeper, quieter, calmer energy, then uh, we can actually start to experience the world in a more bliss-like, more heavenly, more God-like way. And that mm -hmm. actually, you know, um, you know, the kingdom of, of heaven is within us, right? To quote the Christian Bible, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that we actually have that, um, we are, the way I like to say is we are a shard of universal consciousness or unity consciousness or love. We are a piece of that. Like that's actually what we are. The late, late great uh, Wayne Dyer talked a lot about this, mm -hmm. you know, that, that really that is what's, what's within us. And a lot of like what I would challenge people to really look at as they're listening to this is just take on the simple, you know, uh, activity, whether with a coach or a teacher, uh, of just accessing their inner self through meditation, which is as simple as, as you know, a few deep breaths. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple things that you said that tweaked again for me, because uh, we're high vibe and not the same frequency here. I love this. This is just mm. like me. I could talk to you for hours. Um, but years, time, years, light years, <laughs> pie forever, eternity. Um, but anyway, oftentimes, you know, doing nothing is in fact doing something and people don't yeah. grasp that, right? You got to yeah. go deep within to understand the nuance mm -hmm. of that, um, mm -hmm. the intangible of that. But anyway, the other thing is too, between you 
and the 8 million listeners that are tuned into this show, I'll go on record. I drink green tea. I burn incense. I listen to all the, you know, the positive affirmation stuff. And I still want to smack people upside the head with a chair. (laughs) Welcome to human beings. Thank goodness you're actually still here and living out your your, uh, soul mission. I love it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Because oftentimes people misconstrue. They think that, you know, you're flawless or, you know, you can do no yeah. wrong or, yes. I mean, just, you know, no, it's a conscious choice I make every day to get on the right side of the right things that are going to show up and allow me or allow me to show up as the best, most improved version of myself. But like everybody else, when you're a physical human being in the material world, you're going to trip up. But the difference being is I recalibrate faster because I'm cognizant and mindful that I am not operating in the right space that's going to serve me and by serving me therefore serving others and so you know i can spiritually differentiate the difference between alignment and being out of alignment you know being in in the true essence of who i am versus being uh you know misdirected and not firing on all pistons and stuff like that so you know oftentimes people look upon people like you and i and they think, oh, well, you know what? You're just too goody two-shoes for me. Or, you know, I, there's just no way I can relate uh, to, you know, the good that you're putting out in the world or your ideology or your whatever. Well, one, we're not in competition with anyone. This isn't a competition. It's just about doing the inner work, as you talked about, so that we can show up as the best, most improved version of ourselves every single day. Um, but, but and, and just being, like, in a good place. Like, who doesn't want to elect to be in a good place every day, right? Like, again, yeah. don't be addicted to pain. Like, why do you have to be addicted? People are just so addicted to pain and they keep rerunning the old story of once upon a time. But, you know, and it's okay to talk about that perhaps as a starting point for what got you on the trajectory of how you used what happened once upon a time to evolve your level of consciousness, to show up for the rest of the world, to roll up your sleeves and start doing service, volunteer work, paying it forward, being a service to other people. It's not so that you can get into the whole minutia of subscribing to victimology. The only people who are interested in that are other victims. Don't be a victim. So true. I mean, this whole piece around pain, I think it was the Buddha that said, you know, all life is suffering. And, you know, the thing is, we will have pain, right? You know, if I, you're right. Yeah. Like if I stick a pen in my leg, like pain, yes. I don't, I just, (laughs) I can choose not to suffer about that. Right. So I think that's one piece, but I think people just actually forget their humanity as well, that, you know, your brain, which is, you know, controlling a lot of this sort of the, you know, think of it like a computer sometimes, um, you know, it is, you know, it's in a black box. It's encapsulated inside your head. It knows nothing about the world, like really, apart from what comes in through the senses, um, unless you're tuned into higher vibrational energy and getting downloads and the Akashic records and so forth, still you're tuning in. There's a filter mechanism in there that's filtering. The, the, The issue is we've As human beings, uh, since the Industrial Revolution, we've had a very, very strong, painful system. Like, if you don't pay your rent, if you don't go to work, if you don't go to university, death, 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 (laughs) you know? (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay, that's clear. If I don't, if I don't, you know, go to school, I will die, right? That's not (laughs) right, but it sort of is, right? You'll have a social death or whatever, right? And um, I'm like, well... Partly at this point in my t- time, I'm like, yes, you really should let that die off. Like, why would you force yourself into doing that just because you think, well, I'll go to school and I'll, you know, then I'll, uh, you know, maybe do some more education and then I'll, uh, you know, get a job and then I'll, you know, get the family and then and then and then I'm 40 and then, oh, we're, now we're going to call it midlife crisis that you're in. <laughs> or, oh, heaven forbid we'll say there's no plan for humans after 40. Like there's a plan up till 10 and up to 20 and maybe into your 30s. But then oh, we're not, we'll not say life is in crisis. No, no, no. We'll say you're now the problem because right. you've been following along happily. Like, well, now what do I do? You know, I'm for, I'm, of course, humans, you know, for a long time only lived about 35. It's only recently we've started to get up, you know, and this is part of, part of the issue we're seeing also. Like, there's a lot of people on Earth, and it's a lot, a lot of what's going on with the COVID thing. There's some people, even, you know, people I wouldn't have expected, they're saying part of the problem is we have too many people on Earth. 
but you know, <laughs> like, like that's that's an interesting one to start thinking about. But anyway, coming back to the pain point, like this is at the core Oxygen of everything. Well, exactly, but they're using up resources, and there's more of them, and then we're, they're they're hanging around. You know, ninety percent of all healthcare costs in America are for people in the last year of their life, or maybe even like worldwide. You know, it's like we're keeping people alive who are going to pass away anyway. And uh, it, I mean, it's it's a it's a minefield uh, conversation. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, but I mean, just around health in particular, let me just say this, that, you know, um, if you're really healthy and well and you go to work on, you know, exercise and eating more dark leafy greens and you don't have to be vegan like I am, but you can, you know, eat more plants and, uh, you know, fresh green water and get out in the sun, like just the basic stuff. You do that and sleep well, very important with the sleep aspect. If you just do that every day, a lot of these things, these waves that are coming at us just in the health um, you know, kind of uh, perspective, because I think the COVID thing is probably going to get quote unquote worse towards the end of the year, that if you are healthy, you kind of are building in a stronger immune system and you can literally sort of go, okay, it's bad, but it's not like life ending. Like it's, it's not really going to, you know, uh, no matter what comes my way, I'm already prepared. Like, okay, that's bad. And these other people are dying. Like they always have from the, you know, 50,000 a year from the flu or whatever. Um, again, I'm not making any pronouncement one way or the other, but it's like you can actually do that work right now for yourself and actually start taking, mm-hmm. you know, this thing without medicine. Right. Just having you in and of yourself be healthy and well. So all of this is tied back to this system that we've all been inside of that's just ending, folks. Like it's yeah. just the it's and it's an evolutionary uh, stage where, yeah, we're probably going to be moving to a world where we're actually going to meld with the technology um, that we are creating. That it's highly likely that we're all going to be ushered into mega cities, you know, in the next 10, 20 years, that this is where the healthcare and the resources and will be highly surveilled, you know, and exchanged like, well, you got to make sure their neighbors haven't got the disease or, you know, if you want to be safe here, the hospitals here, and there's no rural funding or no rural hospitals or, you know, we're going to be by yourself and, you know, nature has to be protected. So we're going to have nobody in, you know, 80% of the country. So again, this a little bit uh, kind mm-hmm. of into the conspiratorial <laughs> world, but, you know, there's a path that we could be on where technology, you know, kind of combines in more and more. So um, my suggestion to people is like, well, you know, is that really the world you want to be? And if you just extrapolate just even the last five, 10 years and another 10 or 20 in the future, it's pretty obvious it's going to keep going. What would possibly stop my previous friends working day and night, seven days a week, you know, producing biotech, uh, that they've always been doing with more and more power, more and more interconnectedness, you know, getting ideas from you know, up, uh, updates, you know, installing code instantly across the planet. What would possibly stop them? It makes money. They love doing it. Everybody seems to want the next iPhone. There's nothing. So, um, That's right. uh, apart from human beings, and this is the kind of like, there's an, and I call it wave 21. So rather than agenda 21, which folks mm-hmm. can Google if they're interested, it's like there's a, a human wave when it starts by going inside. The simplest way to start is with meditation. Start looking at your health and your well-being, detoxing your life to some extent. Focus on one area. Build something you know small that you're passionate about with a few friends. Gain mastery in that, and then your life will start to emerge in this new wave. And it doesn't seem obvious right now, but then again, our life right now didn't seem obvious you know, uh, last year. So... This is what I would encourage people to look at, the inner world. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, listen, my friend, being cognizant of time, I want to give you an opportunity to plug to the loyal international listeners as well as the podcast subscribers. Where can people find you, uh, people who are interested in perhaps an initial consultation, people who want to know what's upcoming for you, how they can seek you out as their uh, prospective coach? Yeah, um, gmeta.com, G-M-E-T-A.com. That's probably Fantastic. the... Yeah. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just very quickly, you know, everything that you've described and how you've chosen to navigate, live your life and be integral with yourself, very clearly you're somebody who's on fire living fearlessly, but it means different things to different people. So what does living fearlessly mean to you very succinctly? Four words, freedom, mm-hmm. integrity, clarity, and discipline. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And is there anything that you wished I would have asked of you, but I did not? Uh, 
that's a great question. Oh, yeah. Any any offers for the listeners? And I do have one. I have an offer. Okay. Beautiful. So what anyone that anyone anyone that wants to work with me and uh, quotes the uh, keyword Lisa uh, will uh, will have twenty five percent off uh, working with you. And by the way, the first call is free and all that. You know, test drive is all you know free of charge. But should they consider working with me? Um, and it's very affordable uh, that there will be 25% off with the code word Lisa. Uh, just contact me at gmeta.com. Beautiful. Well, that's very generous of you. And I want to thank yes, you so thank much you. for the gift of your time. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed you. You're always welcome to come back. There's a standing open invitation uh, because for you being committed to your own ongoing personal growth, personal development, there's always going to be new developments, new products, new services that you're going to want to impart with the international re- uh, listening audience. So, Gordon, I want to thank you again. To my listening audience, I want to thank you as well for the gift of your time for tuning in to myself here and Gordon Montgomery. I would really encourage you to reach out to him. Fascinating human being. Uh, brings a lot to to a lot of people's lives. No reason why that shouldn't include you as well. I'm very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, where we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I want to wish you a safe, healthy, uplifted weekend. Love and gratitude, my friends, and to you as well, Gordon. Take care. All my best. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.